Woohoo! Better a bit early than a bit late. <laughs> Good morning. My name's Jordan, and I'm the Care and Development Director here at Oasis and on staff, and have the honour and privilege of speaking to you this morning. And on a morning where you and Christy do not have COVID, which is a first for me. <laughs> so, bless you with health, guys. Good to, good to have you here. But how good is what's happening at Oasis? I'm just like so excited and I jumped the gun and there's like more announcements and connect groups and everything's happening and it's so good. And I'm just mostly, I'm just so excited about what God is doing at Oasis at the moment. I'm super excited about it. And I want to tell you more about what he's doing this morning. And I want to invite God in to do something more in your life as I speak and as we create space for him this morning. Wasn't our next-gen takeover so good last week? I was looking at Ben, that guy made me burp on stage. Hope you don't think less of me today. <laughs> but it was so good. Our kids and next-gen team are amazing. If you have a heart for kids, get on it. Get on that team. God is moving there. Sign up. We need you. We need you guys. Shannon Hopper brought us an awesome word. The kids on stage down the front, it was so good. It was so good. I hope you've been praying for your friends and seeing the Lord move. So I just want to pray as we begin this morning. I invite you to close your eyes and just be before the Lord with me. Jesus, you're everything to us. Thank you for who you are and that you delight in showing us who you are and who we really are. I want to invite you, as you're just praying, to just ask Jesus a question right now. Ask him, Jesus, do I know the kind of deep freedom that you created and purposed me from, for from the very beginning? Do I know that kind of freedom, Lord? And if he says yes to you, then say, thank you, Jesus. Show me more, Lord. And if he says no, then say, get your freedom into me, Lord. Get your freedom into me, Lord. Father, I thank you that you've been awakening callings that have been hidden for generations. Thank you that you're opening graves, that you're exposing us to the very present reality of your kingdom. Thank you that you're soaking us in your presence. Thank you that you're getting your love into the deep places in our soul. Thank you that this morning, you're setting captives free. You're already setting captives free in our time together this morning. You are breathing life into dry bones and thrusting us into the reality of our freedom in you. I ask Jesus that you take us by the hand and lead us deeper into you. That you would set aside unhelpful habits of thought in our minds and spirits of fear and religion that affect us. Lord, unveil our true identity to us that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear your voice and your heart this morning, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, we're in a new series today. Freedom. Set free to be free is the title of our series. The title comes from Galatians 5.1. The Bible says you were set free for freedom. You're set free to be free, guys. God's desire is that you would experience a life of freedom. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I'm going to unpack it a little bit. 
But I want to encourage you in everything I say, in everything that happens at church in general, whatever happens, unless God reaches into your heart and changes something, nothing's going to change. When he takes his truth and he pierces your soul, it will change your life. I love that song, My Testimony. And I'm just like, yes, that's my story, Lord. That's my story. You changed my life because you spoke. Not because I went to church, but because you spoke to me personally. Who you, t- who you let tell you who you are matters, guys. And I love being a parent. I love being a leader. And, and when, you, when you're a parent, when you're a leader, you can impart a sense of identity and purpose to your children to those who, who follow you, who you're supporting and, and, and working alongside because of who you are and because of the relationship you have with people. How much more then will the words of our God, the living God, affect you and change your life when he tells you this is who you are? This is who you are. When he tells you personally in your spirit, who you really are. And that's what I want God for, to do for you this morning. I want to leave space for him. As I was preparing uh, during the week, I had an abundance of notes and thoughts. I had way too many. And the Lord said, I felt like he said to me, are you leaving space for me? Are you leaving space for me in your message? And that's what I want to do this morning. I'm going to try and keep it tight. And we're going to have a ministry time at the end. So fair warning, as Yui said the other week, fair warning. If you want to get free from something, and if you want to get free to something, to your true identity, I'm going to have a time with the worship team and the prayer team where you can just come down the front and get prayer to be set free from some stuff and come down and hear God's voice to set you free to some stuff. So I'm going to start with a little refresher call this the believer's pep talk. You ready? It's like half time at a footy game right now. So just get in that zone. Shut your eyes if you need to. Brace for impact. If you're a believer here this morning, this is the truth about you. Before you accepted Jesus, you were in a state of sin and death. When you believed and were baptized, you were baptized into Christ's death. Your sinful, deathly nature died and was buried with him, and you came back to life through his resurrection. You were forgiven of sin for all time, justified before God, and given his righteousness. You were absorbed into Jesus, and the life of Jesus was given to you by his Spirit. You were born again as a completely new creature, never before seen on the face of the earth, made in the image and likeness of God. Your fundamental nature was without God, wasting away and desiring evil. This nature was permanently buried with Christ. The nature which you now have is completely and utterly new. You've been given Christ's nature in your inner man. This is your new identity. It exists on the subconscious level, on the deep spiritual level. We don't always have awareness, but it is who we believe and who we really are. The Holy Spirit's at work. He's guiding you into all truth. That's his job. He's doing that right now. He's renewing your mind and he's transforming you day by day into the likeness of Christ. 
I've got to tell you, this, this truth rocked me, especially when I learned that I was a new creation. When I learned that I was new, that, that really changed my life. That was when I, when I was 21. Someone said to me, uh, I was struggling with sin. You're sinning by faith, he said to me. You're sinning by faith. And I was like, what, is, what does that mean? And he said, your, your act of faith, because you believe that you are a sinner, you, you, you're a believer, but you believe you're a sinner still. Your, your act of faith is to sin because you're acting out of your identity because we act out of who we are, guys. And when he said, you're not a sinner anymore, you're a new creation, through that person's voice, God spoke that into my heart in the deep place. And that truth changed me profoundly. It changed my reality and my experience. Sins that had troubled me fell away. And I experienced an unexplainable peace and joy. We've got to get rocked by God's truth, guys. We just, we have to. We have no other choice. We can't live a lukewarm life. It is, it's so boring. It just, it really is. And you're going to get spat out sooner or later. Sorry, I've got to tell you. If you haven't read Revelation, the presence of God changes everything. If you're a believer, you can be a believer, but you can miss out on the profound power of your new life if you don't catch it, if he doesn't speak it freshly into your heart and mind. The Holy Spirit wants to show you the sheer wonder of his truth. Now, there's a problem we can encounter as Christians. I've already touched on it. We can become a believer, but we're not really changed by what we believe because those beliefs are just thoughts in our mind. And it's not so much about having thoughts in our mind that we think are our beliefs, but it's being changed on the subconscious level, being having a subconscious and inner knowing of who we are. That's what our identity is. It's a deep knowing. This is who I am. This is who I am. We can think, okay, uh, now I'm saved. I, I better be a good boy. I better be good. I'm saved. All good. Now I've got to try really hard. And we try, and sometimes we fail. We get caught in a cycle of try harder, do better, try harder, do better, try harder, do better. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. I've been there. I've been there. If you want to have some solace in that place, read Romans 7, where Paul says, I don't do the things that I do want to do and the things that I hate, that's what I keep on doing. But I encourage you, if you're in Romans 7, don't stop until you get through Romans 8 because that's what will really change you. We've underdefined sin as bad behavior, as good boy, bad boy, good girl, bad girl. We've underdefined it. Sin is not merely bad behavior. That's just the external expression, the fruit of sin. What sin is, is the absence of God in the human soul. It's the presence of death in the human soul. That's what sin is. It's so much more than doing the right thing, doing the wrong thing. Sin is a departure from the design in God's mind when he made you, from the blueprint that he had for your life. Darkness is used as an image for sin in the Bible because darkness is an absence Darkness is defined by what it is not. It is not the light. Sin is the absence of God. It's the absence of God. That's what sin is. And so you, it, because it's an absence, you can't get rid of it by focusing on it. God says, seek first the kingdom 
His kingdom and his righteousness, because what you seek first organizes everything else. You can't get darkness out of your life by focusing on it. You can't get darkness out of your house. If you have a dark house when you go home tonight, we're not going to be here all day, don't worry. (laughs) Maybe you will. You can't get darkness out of your house by striving for it to go away. You can't get rid of darkness by shutting it in the closet. The only way to get rid of darkness in your house and in your life is to turn on the light. So let's turn it on this morning. And you might need some maintenance and some wiring on your fixtures. I don't want you to think that there's no journey. There's no journey in the Christian life. There's a journey. Sometimes you need professionals around you. You need friends around you. You need people to pray for you. You need a community. That's why we gather. You need a community. Sometimes you've got to get some maintenance. Update that old asbestos switchboard that the electrician doesn't like drilling into when he comes to your house. Cough, cough. But primarily, if you want to bring in the light, if you want to get rid of the darkness, you've got to be connected to the power source. You've got to be connected to the source of all power where the light comes from. You've died to sin. You're alive to Christ. You've died to sin. You're alive to Christ. You're alive to the life source of God. The only thing that changes from that is your experience, whether you, whether you see it or not, whether you perceive it or not, whether you get connected to it or not. That's when our life starts to be transformed. We've got to stay connected to him to keep the flow of life happening and so we don't become vulnerable to darkness. How many of you have seen a movie called The Revenant? It's also a book. This is uh, Hugh, uh, not Hugh Jackman. The actor is called Hugh... The character is called Hugh Glass. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. If you haven't seen it, it's a, a movie and a book about a trapper, a fur trapper with the Rocky Mountain Fur Company uh, in the 1820s uh, in, in America. And there's a pivotal moment in this movie where he gets attacked by a grizzly bear. And the grizzly bear comes for him to protect her cubs and it claws his back and neck. It rips his throat open it tears his back open. It punctures his head with his teeth. Yeah, it's graphic, right? Sorry. It's not G-rated this morning. Then show your kids that one. It's a bit intense. But he's left for dead by his friends, and he crawls for about 15 days to safety in the snow. It's a true story. After eight days, he's beginning to starve. He's eaten a rattlesnake, which barely satisfies him, and some roots, I think. And he comes across a rotting buffalo carcass. Yuck, right? Yuck, right? In the, in the actual filming of this film, uh, the, the book says a buffalo carcass. Uh, the, in, the, in the movie, it talks about, um, uh, a, the, uh, sorry, it's a bison. And, and Leonardo DiCaprio actually eats a bison liver. Um, like I think it's actually a rancid bison liver um, for them to get the f- trueness of the reaction for the movie. But anyway, I, di- I digress. I digress. So the, his, his actual reaction is what you see in the movie. But in desperation, in what it says in the book is he smashes the bones of the bison because there's no meat left and he sucks the green marrow out of the bones because he's so desperate, he's so starving, he's so hungry. Right? Are you getting that? It's so visceral, right? So, and and uh, yeah, all right, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. As you can imagine, he's violently ill. 
<laughs> All right, what not to watch. You heard it here first. But what I'm trying to tell you about is that your perception of your situation affects what you would do to survive. Your, your perception of your situation affects what you would do to survive. Because of Hugh Glass's perception of his situation, what he would never normally touch, the rancid marrow, is attractive to him. He wants it. And I want to tell you this morning that if you're hungry to the life, if you are empty of the life-giving Spirit of God, you've got to get hungry. You're going to get hungry. You're going to get hungry. If you're empty, you're going to get hungry. If you don't have the Spirit, you're going to feel that emptiness. You're going to look for life sources where you would never normally look and where you weren't designed to look. There's a lot of good things in life, but when we take it too far, we're looking for the life source in the wrong place. When we get into things that God said, that's not my design for you, you're looking for the life source in the wrong place. You're going to look at rancid things and think that they're good to eat. The problem's not really about rotten food. Rotten food will always be around. I made coffee at work the other day. Thankfully not here for the church guys, but for my furniture job. And uh, my boss took one step and said, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay, make that again. <laughs> it was nasty. And I want to ask you, are you a beggar with shreds torn off you? Are you crawling around in desperation? Are you satisfying yourself with whatever meager food you can find? Or are you a son or daughter of the king? You know you're seated in heavenly places. Do you know you're a dwelling place for the Spirit of God? Who you believe you are matters. Your perception of your situation and your reality matters. It's about your perception, not about your situation. I'm going to speak to you from three passages. First is 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18. These are all about freedom. For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. For the Lord is spirit, is the spirit. For the Lord is the spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Freedom's found wherever the Spirit of God is. I want you to contemplate on that verse for a second. When Moses returned from Mount Sinai, his face shone from being in the glory of God. And he was so bright that he had to put a veil over his face so that the people wouldn't be blinded from the glory, the shining of his face. So he would always cover his face whenever he was before the people. And when he was before the Lord, he would uncover it and it would get brighter still. And when, when you believed in Jesus, the veil of, of misunderstanding, of confusion was removed. The veil that was blocking his glory was removed. And now you can see the bright glory and goodness of his God, of, of God. When Moses says, show me your glory, Lord, it says, 
God made all of his goodness pass before him. What is most glorious and amazing and special about God is how profoundly and deeply and utterly good he is. So now we can let that goodness and that glory shine on us and we reflect that glory. That's what the verse says. And we see how glorious God is. The Holy Spirit makes us more and more like him and he changes us into his image. That's his job. It's not your job. Your job is to get around the life source, the power source. The more of God you perceive, the more of God, the more you become like him. If you want to become like Jesus, you have to get into his presence. In John 16, 8 to 11, it says, And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Who's the Holy Spirit convicting of sin in this passage? Those who don't know him. Who's he convicting of righteousness? Those he represents to the Father. That's you if you're a believer here today. What does it mean to be convicted of righteousness? It means that you're not really getting how deeply good you are. You're not really getting it, guys. Maybe you are this morning. I hope you are. But some of us aren't really getting it. I know I'm not getting it as deeply as I want to. When he speaks to your heart, he wants to show you the rightness of how he made you, the design, the perfect blueprint that he had from the very beginning. That's what he wants to show you. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict you, not so much, sometimes, if you have sinned, but not so much about sin, but about how right you are, how good you are. You've become the righteousness of God, says in Romans. You've become the righteousness of God. Who's he convicting of judgment? He's convicting Satan. So you don't really need to worry about judgment. God's got Satan covered. Spend a lot of time in the church getting acquainted with how sinful we think we are. It's no wonder we struggle so much. We've heard it day after day, week after week. You're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. Maybe it's time that you get acquainted with how righteous you are this morning. Maybe you need to get in touch with that. Instead of how dirty you are, maybe you need to let Jesus show you how clean you are. What does all this have to do with freedom? True freedom is the ability to become who God created you to be. It's the restoration of our Garden of Eden, closeness with God, that intimacy that Laura was talking about. It's available to us. It was created in the very beginning and because of what Jesus did, he tore the curtain to the Holy of Holies. His body was broken. We enter through him. He is the way. That's available to us if we can perceive it and open ourselves to it. Freedom's living according to the blueprint God had in his mind when he made you. Because God created you in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. That's why in order to know the truth about who we are, we need to know the truth about who God is because you're a self-portrait of God. So if you don't know God, you can't know you. 
You're hidden in Christ. You're in Him and He's in you. Colossians 3, 1-3 says, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. If I could have the worship team start heading back in time. We died and we're resurrected with Jesus. Our life's hidden in Christ. Where's Jesus? He's in heaven. Seated at the right hand of God. So where should we look if we want to figure out who we are and who God is? You've got to look into heaven, guys. We need to look into heaven and we need to look into Jesus in order to perceive ourselves truly. One of the most profound seasons in my life included an experience where God overwhelmed me by His grace. He overwhelmed me with the sovereign, His sovereign nature as God. He overwhelmed me with His goodness and His love. He gave me an insight into what He's truly like. And the result of that for me in that, that little season was that problems seemed hilarious problems seemed hilarious because I was so overwhelmed with how amazing God is and how profoundly sovereign He is and how much He has things under control. He enabled me to perceive the superior reality of the kingdom and the lordship of Jesus and He helped me to realize there's nothing really a problem to God because He uses everything to give, give, to give good gifts to us, to show Himself to us. Good or bad, He uses everything to refine us and draw us closer to Him. If we'll let him, if we'll pause long enough to perceive him and hear his voice, he will show us. He will put his freedom in us. It's not only about getting you into freedom and you into eternity, but the question is how far will you let freedom get into you? Have you got some locked doors or some wrong beliefs about who you are that God wants to restore this morning? Ask yourself now. I encourage you to reflect. I didn't come here today to convince you who you are with words. But I hope I've said something that's provoked you in your heart to open yourself at a deeper level to God's Spirit. We're going to have a time of ministry soon. Only God can produce freedom in you. Only He can bring lasting change in your life. Only Him. Only Him. Only Him. Only Him. You can try for a little while. You can modify your behavior for a little while, but it won't stick. Only He can transform you on the inside. And once you know your true identity, once you know that you're new, you will live out of your newness, your profound newness. Once you know how loved you are, you will live out of the place of deep love and intimacy with Christ. He's showing you the treasure hidden in your jar of clay this morning. You might be saying, I'm just clay. I'm quite actually quite a crumbly and weak sort of type of clay. Not a very good clay even. My pot. And he's like, I know. Jesus is like, I know. I know what kind of clay you are. But look inside. 
but look inside. Look into me and look into you because what's in me is in you. You've got no idea how incredible you are. You didn't make yourself that way. He made you that way. You might say, well, I don't feel all that great. My experience isn't all that great. I don't think I'm all that valuable. But Jesus, he paid in blood for you. What does that say to you about your value? He paid in blood for you. He paid with his life for you. Some of you are going to get free from some stuff. Some of you are already getting free from some stuff. And even more than that, I pray that the Lord gets you free to some stuff this morning. I pray that he frees you this morning. He might be freeing you from addictions. He might be freeing you from patterns of generational sin, from that habit that plagues you day after day. I want to encourage you to all close your eyes. Actually, before you close your eyes, just stand with me, please. Stand with me so you don't trip over. Then close your eyes. a time of ministry soon. I want to invite the prayer team to come up and be ready. But first, I want to give you an opportunity. If you don't know the kind of life that I'm talking about this morning, if you don't know that kind of recreation, that kind of new birth, that kind of profound freedom, if you've never known it before, if you haven't died to sin, and been born again to Jesus and had him come and forgive you and change your life. I want to give you an opportunity to do that now. And while everyone's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you want to receive Jesus this morning, I want to invite you to just to slip up your hand right now. Slip up your hand right now if you want to receive Jesus for the first time or if you've wandered and you want to receive him again this morning. Slip up your hand with every eye closed just to show our team. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all these believers in your house this morning. I want you to pray a prayer with me. If anyone raised their hand and I missed it, I want you to pray this prayer. And everyone's going to pray it out loud together after me. Jesus, I believe in you. Let's go again, a bit louder. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died to give me life. I believe that true joy is found in you. Thank you for forgiving all my sins. I will follow you all the days of my life. Keep your eyes closed and just keep in that attitude of worship this morning. I want to invite you to come forward if you want to get free from something this morning. If there's something in your life that plagues you, Jesus wants to get you free from it this morning. And our team is ready to pray over you. And the Holy Spirit wants to move on you and change your life forever. And I want to invite you to come forward if you want to get free to something. If you're hungry for a word from God, if you want to hear His voice directly to your heart about who He says you are, 
Some of you, he's saying, you're new this morning. You're new. Some of, he's, some of you, he's saying, you're righteous. Some he's saying, you're forgiven. Some of you, he's saying, it's going to be okay. I'm right here with you. Some of you, he's saying, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Whatever he's speaking to you this morning, I want to invite you to come down the front and just meet with him. Just as an act of surrender, an act of intentionality and hunger, come down the front. As we come into this song, I invite you to come down. If you want to get free from something or you want to get free to something, and if you just want to hear from God and you don't need someone to pray for you, just say, I'm good. I'm hearing from God right now. But if you want, to, you want someone to pray for you, there's going to be someone to pray for you. So I invite you to come down this morning. And I just bless you in Jesus' name. And I release freedom in Jesus' name. Just come down. Don't be afraid. Come down and get His freedom in you. Come down and get, his, get connected to your life source. I bless you in the name of Jesus. And I release freedom that breaks chains. And I release to you your new identity. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and show people who they truly are, who they profoundly are, who they deeply are this morning. Speak what only you can speak. Say what only you can say. Only you know what they need to hear. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, speak what only you can speak. And let's sing together and worship God for all that He's doing this morning. Let's sing this first verse. Mountains are still being moved.